Welcome back to On The Clock. I am your host, Reagan Griffin, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Cameron Lewis, podcast extraordinaire. Make sure you check out our other podcast before we get into it, Hoop and Holler, Triple Coverage. Go follow our Instagram and Twitter at SQR1Media. That is at SQR1Media. Cam, I got a joke for you, man. What's up, bro? What do you call it when a bunch of grown men put on their underwear and run around for a little bit? I, I would want to say the NFL It's called the combine. NFL Combine. It's called the <laughs> NFL Combine. And on that note, that is the topic of today's podcast, and that will be the topic of next week's podcast. We're going to take the next two weeks leading up to the Combine to address the offensive and defensive side of the ball, the prospects that we're looking for, and the prospects that we think are going to do really well. Um, so for this week, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Cam, I'll let you go ahead and go first. Who do you think is going to kill it in Indianapolis? Okay, so um, most obvious guys, Henry Ruggs, right? Henry Ruggs, Alabama. I mean, you got to start um, there, right? Receiver. Um, last year at Alabama's Junior Pro Day, apparently he said that he ran a four two five. Four two five. Jerry Judy confirmed that, and that was with a quote unquote bad start. Mm-hmm. So I'm impressed to see that. Also, he recorded a thirty nine and a half inch vertical. Yeah. So dude's an athlete. Yeah. Definitely. Which begs the question: With John Ross sitting at four two two. And this guy with a bad start puts up a four two five. Now he's got combine trading. Now he's had he's been training for this event for a couple yep. months now. Is that record in danger? I think so. I think so too. I think you might. If anyone's suited to break it, it it's it's rugs. Um, and I think that you know with that that's just three tenths of a second off the or three hundredths yeah. of a second, mind you, off the uh, record. I think that you know. These things fluctuate, right? Like we saw Shaq Griffin last last year. He ran the the fastest time for a linebacker ever on his first go around. And the second go around, he was up in the uh, four sixes or four five range, I believe. So yeah. they fluctuate a little bit, but he has the he has the raw speed to make that happen. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if he even hit the four one range. We might be talking four one nine with this dude, which is ridiculous. To that say. would be ridiculous. So I have a question for you. I got an answer. Is there a certain time that he can possibly run, maybe the four two one that you're bringing up, mm-hmm. that can possibly push him ahead of a Judy or a Lamb? And I mean, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Of but. a Judy or a Lamb. I don't know if he could ever get ahead of a Judy or Lamb. But what could happen, I think, is that his name will get, you know, solidified instead of the, 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 the tr- he definitely would be solidified as a third. But right now I see him in like the mid first round to kind of late first round like the 20 range he won't fall past Philly I'll tell you that as an Eagles fan because we need speed Yeah. Uh, but he won't fall past 20 but he could start pushing he, top 10 I don't think he passes John Gruden I just mm. yeah I mean I <laughs> the Raiders do have a history albeit Al Davis isn't there anymore but they have a history of just loving those speed guys right yep. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all especially with uh, Derek Carr kind of needing somebody other than Hunter Renfro to throw the ball to <laughs> like uh, he had a good season last year but you won't you won't get by on Hunter Renfro being your best receiver um but no i think rugs especially you talked about the vertical too he's not just a one-trick pony he could yeah. uh he could definitely have a day yeah um who's your guy let me hit you with this you went to alabama i'll stay at alabama jalen hurts and the same pro day that you talked about the junior pro day yeah apparently the dude ran a four four eight yeah and four four eight he was on my list as well i was going to actually bring him up next mm-hmm I saw the four four eight. I've also saw saw reports of people saying he ran a four six one. Mm. I don't think he's that slow. Honestly, um, that makes more sense to me. Like four four eight shocked me. Yeah, I was like, I didn't. That didn't. I think he's a four five guy. That's why I kind of like mid in, four in, five. Yeah, and 
I'll let you continue, and then I'll, I'll just finish giving my gotcha. thoughts on Hurts after. But now, if he goes out there and does run a four four eight, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, you brought up the possibility of him playing a Taysom Hill role. Yeah, and I responded. I said, I don't think he's the type of athlete to be able to do that because Taysom Hill's a legit four four guy. Yeah. If Jalen's a legit four four guy, there's no reason why he couldn't play the Taysom Hill role for yeah. somebody. Which uh, obviously might that that's a pretty high draft pick, I think, considering what we saw Taysom Hill do for the uh, Saints this year. Yeah, I think people will find value in that. And if he goes out there and shows, because we know he's a he's a workout warrior. Dude yep. squatted like six hundred pound or some crazy like that. Yeah. So he he's dedicated to the gym. And if he can go out there and run a four four at his size, oh yeah, there's no doubt that he can carve out a role for himself in like a Taysom Hill esque. Yeah, so Hertz was actually going to be the next guy I bring up. I was going to bring up the four four eight. Like I said, there's also other reports for a six one. But just like you um, basically hit on already, I'm interested to see. I think some scouts and executives, because of that Taysom Hill role possibility, are going to approach him to work out with different position groups. Mm-hmm. And he's already stated, "I'm a quarterback." So right. um, I'm really interested to see if you know he's going to be willing to do that. Maybe work out with the tight ends or something like that. Right. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, but you took hurt. So my next guy is Jacob Eason. Jacob so Eason. Mm-hmm. We know the first four quarterbacks in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. Of course. But Jacob Eason has a strong arm, mm-hmm. which basically the league loves, especially, right. you know. 6'6", six, six white dude with a strong arm, you'll get drafted. Right. <laughs> and there's been a lot of hype around him to Tampa lately um, with Bruce Arians, who, you know, is a quarterback guru. Mm-hmm. So I just think a chance for him to just, again, to display his arm talent, you know, might, might, might help him out, might push him into the first round. I wouldn't do that. But, you know, I mean, it's, I it's a premium position. I still yeah, me either. It's a premium position, though. He has a strong arm. I can see somebody taking the chance, especially if he impresses at the combine. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And he'll have his combine and his pro day to, uh, you know, kind of make up yeah. that ground on the other dudes. But like you said, I don't really see it. Um, but, you know, 6'6", <laughs> six, six, like I said, 6'6", six, six, strong arm. Guys tend to fall in love with guys like that, especially in an underrated aspect of the combine, right? The interviews. That interview process, if he impresses yeah. in that, in those rooms with those people, there's no doubt that he could possibly rise up. Um, again, I wouldn't put my chips in, or that my eggs in that basket, but yeah. who am I, right? Uh, I'm going to go to A.J. Dillon, man. Okay. Ridiculous athlete. Yeah. He's one of those dudes that's like... There's no reason that someone that big should be able to move the way he does. Yeah, you actually hit on him in your piece. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, yeah. I wrote a piece for Annenberg uh, Media. Uh, go check that out. I highlighted all those it's a great piece. prospects that could you know, potentially go kill it at the Combine. Uh, but yeah, A.J. Dillon's just a ridiculous type of athlete. There's a strong chance he'll run a 4-4, and we're talking about a dude that's 250 pounds here yeah. at the running back position. Yeah. Uh, last year, it was a dude, Kalen Ballage, started for Miami this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of that, but he's actually good at football. So, <laughs> Kalen's not that good at football in my eyes. But, you know, this dude right here is kind of ridiculous just in that every single, every so often, right? There's a prospect that just goes to every single station and kills it. Yeah. The 40, the broad jump, the vertical jump, the three cone, the, the bench press. I think he's that type of dude that's just going to be across the board amongst the top of his position group yeah. just because of how much of a freak he is athletically. So definitely look out for A.J. Dillon. I think he could play himself into the conversation with the Jonathan Taylors, with the uh, the the K, the J.K. Dobbins, the, running, the top running backs in this class. Wow. I think he could play himself into that conversation just based off his, his combine, combine performance. So my next guy, um, first of all, 
there's been 55 receivers apparently which um, is ridiculous invited to the combine I that, don't even know how they're gonna split so that. I don't think that from this day forward we need to speak on how deep the class is not anymore that, not that, that shows it right there but LaVisca Chanel um, he actually just um, got cleared that he does not need surgery he has inflammation in his pubic bone um, mm. But he didn't. He that doesn't require. Painful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but doesn't require surgery, so he's hoping to participate in the combine. And he's just one of those guys that you brought up. Um, he's an athletic freak. I think he's going to kill it across the board at every single one of his positions. Mm-hmm. And with your Jeffersons and your Higgins and your regulars at the end of the first round, after basically the rug, Judy and right. um, rug, the, the rug, Judy and who am I forgetting? Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. Um, tandem. Um, I think he can push himself into that conversation if he kills the combine. Mm. So yeah, LaVisca Chanel, if he's able to, you know, participate in the combine and he's healthy, because there's also injury concerns, but right. if he's healthy and can go out there and display how much of an athletic freak he is, I think he can definitely push himself up. No doubt. And he's an interesting prospect. There's just there's a lot of question marks around him just as a pure receiver. Because yeah. at, at the end of the day, you get to the NFL, you can't do all the things that he would have done at, at Colorado. And um, I, that's why I think the combine even helps, like yeah. especially his forty time because. Because he's shown the ability to be a running back no and just be a weapon. So, like, no maybe you're not getting a wide receiver one, but you're definitely getting a weapon. Oh, so, yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, I think the combine can definitely help him. Uh, And on the topic of receivers, you know I got to bring up my boy. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Pittman Jr. I was, I've said it once. I've said it multiple times. I will continue to say it until the day that everyone acknowledges how good of a receiver and the athlete Michael Pittman is. This dude This podcast is, is the official. It's the, it's the Pittman. official, you know, I, I'm preaching the uh, Michael Pittman Jr. canon. But anyway, he said that he's ready to shock some people with his 40 time. He's yeah. come out and said that already. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits that 4-5 range at the 6-4, which he is, which is ridiculous because, you know, guys like that, they don't beat you with their quickness per se. Yeah. They beat you with the amount of space they can eat up between them and the DB with their strides. Yeah. If he can go out and run a 4-5, possibly even a 4-4, if he hits that 4-4 range, all bets are off. But yeah. even if he hits 4-5, I think that'll be enough for people to say that he's amongst the top receivers in this class because his name has been disrespected time and again, man. Yeah. If I see one more top 10 receivers list without Michael Pittman on it, I'm going to flip out because it's ridiculous that this dude with the numbers that he put up in the situation that he was at USC with a backup quarterback, a backup true freshman quarterback that was a three-star that had no one else to trust but Michael Pittman sometimes just chucked it up to him. Dude makes plays, man. And we're not here to talk about making plays. We're here to talk about, you know, what what your athletic attributes are. But I'm going to keep saying it, man. Michael Pittman is the most underrated receiver in this year's draft class. By far, in my eyes, and I think he'll just continue to prove it. He already proved it at the Senior Bowl. I think he'll continue to prove it at the Combine, and he'll keep continuing to prove it till the time he's drafted. And then after he's drafted, he's going to continue to prove people wrong once he's in the league. But, you know, that's that's my two cents, man. Michael Pittman Jr. So I'm going to stay on the train of the receiver position. So a couple minutes ago I asked you if you thought that if Henry Ruggs ran, you know, mm-hmm. a elite 40 time, if he can possibly – pass up a Judy or a Lamb. Right. I think he can. Really? So my next guy is CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is a great receiver, but a lot of these receivers are really fast. Do I think that CeeDee Lamb will be one of the top three receivers drafted? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's a question at all. But I can definitely see Ruggs going ahead of him, and I can definitely mm. see teams because of the film. CeeDee Lamb, after the catch, is so aggressive. He... he, he 
he's great in yak. He's like Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's not the fastest guy, but he's always like racking up yards. Right. But I don't think people understand that he's not as fast as he may seem. Really? And I think he's probably like a four six guy. Four six? Or a late four or five guy. That's yeah. surprising. Yeah, I, I don't think he's that fast. Mm. Like I don't think he he doesn't win with speed. So I can see him maybe running a four a late four or five, early four or six, and some teams getting scared mm-hmm. to like pick him at least high. Which I mean, I don't really personally think it matters. Right. Because, like I said, we've seen DeAndre Hopkins, we've seen Michael Thomas, right. but I, I can see some team falling in love with Rugs, taking Rugs ahead of him, and Lamb falling to like the mid to early twenties. Mm-hmm. So that's my guy. I'm really interested to see what forty times he runs. I don't, I don't think it really that's affect surprising. his career. What, what makes you think that uh, his forty time would be that low? Are you going off tape there? Or? Yeah, I just don't think okay. he's like the fastest guy. Like I watch Judy. And I watch Rugs and those guys. I, I just don't think he's that fast. Interesting. I, I mean, he gets separation, but he's just not that. Like, he's not that speed guy. That's not how he wins. No, no. He, he definitely wins with his physicality. Yeah. I do think that the distinction has to be drawn because a lot of people get caught up in these 40 times, right? And, yeah. And I, I think that might happen. Yeah. Especially I, with Rugs. Like, I can see it. And, like, there's your regular. Like, there's just so much speed. And I can just see somebody saying, uh, we don't need to, you know. Right. You know, and it's early. And this class is really talented, but, you know, I could be wrong, but I don't think it'll affect Lamb's career or anything. I think he's going to be an outstanding wide receiver. Oh, no doubt. But, yeah. So, the, Lamb's my guy. The thing with 40 times, right? It's 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 a track race. It's yeah. a sprint. And there are people who play football that aren't great track athletes. At all. And there are great track athletes who are not very good football players. So, yep. when you put them out here like track athletes and you put them in a 40 yard dash some dudes are going to stand out because of their track speed but there's a very very distinct difference between track speed and cleat speed yeah and when i say cleat speed i don't just mean you know you put on cleats and run but i mean that you are a football player and there's many times throughout my my 13 year football career you know albeit it ended in high school but there are people who you sat sat me down and i'll you know put us in a hundred yard dash I'll beat the dude, but yeah. you put us in a football situation, they've come across as a lot faster than they seem to be. Just because football is not a game in which you're running 40 yards straight. Yep. It's not that type of game. It's how quickly can you get out of your cuts? How fast can you build up your acceleration? So these things matter than more than how fast you can run a 40-yard dash. But obviously, that's the, the, the metric with which the NFL world has decided yeah, to Yeah, and it's a copycat speed. league, and Kansas City has speed all over the field. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think that's the route that we're going, you know, trying to get as much speed as possible. But I can see it. I mean, yeah. speed is always killed, and, you know, yeah. we see it with Tyreek Hill, and we see it really with that entire Chiefs offense, like yeah. you said. Um but at the end of the day, you still have to be a good receiver, too. Have to. Which is not what concerns me about Ruggs, but that's just where I put that little mini question mark is, can he beat dudes when he's not one-on-one with a guy that's slower than him? Because that we, I don't, I'm not sure if we've seen that from him yet. Anyway, moving on. Um, Cam Akers. Yeah. A name that I don't think gets mentioned enough with the top running backs. Just because he doesn't have the greatest running back instincts. He doesn't see holes well. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, shoot gaps when they're open, things like that. But he has the raw physical tools, I think. I am concerned and by don't take this as me rating him as a prospect. I'm rating him as a combine participant. And I think he'll do very well at the combine because, like I said, he has a great physical tools. I have strong concerns about his football ability just because you know he's 
for playing it as long as he's had he has been he hasn't shown the development that you like to see over time from a running back yeah um so I he's still a bit raw but I do think that's a dude who will climb up of draft boards a little bit just because you know he'll be out there possibly in the 4-4 range is definitely in the 4-5 range to my eyes uh he'll bench a lot he'll have a good three cone things of that nature he'll be amongst the top running backs in all of those categories um so I, I think that'll help his stock a little bit I do have a lot of concerns with his football ability though yeah um my next guy is actually a guy that I fell in love with just watching um, at the Coliseum. Zach Moss, running back mm. from Utah. Um, 5'10", 222. Um, he's had a lot of... and he, He's really bigger than 5'10", like 222. Mm-hmm. Like, he plays bigger than that. He's more physical than that. But um, he's had a lot of injury concerns. So, you know, hopefully just going to the combine healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, going there clear. That, that would be a plus for him just alone. But there was a piece... That actually dropped yesterday on the Athletic, mm-hmm. um, covering how he's preparing for the combine. Really, and he's aiming for four or five. If he hits four or five at his size, right, that would be huge for him. Right, like I, that's what I was saying. Like the two twenty, like when you see him, he looks bigger than two twenty. Mm-hmm. And if he runs a four or five and just shows that he's healthy, I think that's going to help him. That would go because like the running back class isn't as strong as it was. Like no, with Travis not at all. going back, yeah, and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm really Jose a big Harris. Zach, yeah. I'm a big Zach Moss fan, so I think if he can hit that four or five that he's aiming for, yeah, definitely he's probably going to shoot up some boys. I mean, he's definitely a downhill type of back. Yeah. And when I, when I looked at him, I didn't see four or five. Me That's either. for darn sure. Yeah. Uh, I saw like four or six. Yeah. Possibly like pushing four, four six, seven. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because he, he kind of seemed like a little bowling ball out there when he ran. Like uh, yeah. I, he he reminded me so strongly of Samaje Perine when he was at Oklahoma. Um, but if he hits four or five, that would definitely change my mind at least a little bit in terms yeah. of how what his getaway speed is like. Yeah. Uh, because that that's big as a running back. You turn, uh, people don't understand with a with a running back getaway speed is huge <laughs> because it's like you can have this thirty yard gain or you can have this touchdown because a thirty yard gain <laughs> exactly you could have six points or you could have this thirty yard gain because the safety caught up, um, and that that's big. Yeah. So that's why guys like Etn would have been drafted I think pretty high just because he has the getaway speed. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. If he hits a four or five, that would definitely change yeah, my that's mind. That's what he's aiming for, man. That's going to be something to really look at. All right, I got to give the offensive lineman some love here too. This dude, Prince Tego. I hope I don't butcher this name. Prince Tego Wanogo, and he's an offensive lineman. Okay, and he has a very rare combination of size and athleticism. But he's raw as hell. He's okay. raw. He's he's not. He he started obviously, but he's just not as polished as you'd like a tackle to be but the dude can run a 4-9 and he's sitting at 300 plus pounds which is ridiculous especially for offensive linemen you see it more with defensive linemen but offensive linemen there's no need for them to be running like that but he is he's somebody who played multiple sports growing up which I think always I'm always going to advocate for that and uh, I just think that he'll definitely just he might climb up draft boards. He won't hit the uh, the Tristan Wirfs. He won't hit the the Josh Jones. Yeah, he won't I, yeah. he won't get there. But I think he'll be able to help himself just because people love big athletic dudes and they'll always look at him and say, you know, I could transform this into something. We saw last year with the Eagles, they drafted, or not even last year, two years ago, drafted Jordan Mailata. Dude never touched a football field in his life. He was a <laughs> rugby player from Australia. But it was like, holy crap, look at this big dude who can move like this. We got to be able to make something out of him. To this point, it really hasn't worked. But, you know, it's for somebody who has touched a football field before and is this sort of athlete, I definitely see teams, you know, just falling in love with that. Because at the end of the day, 
all the combine is in my eyes is an opportunity for teams to fall in love with somebody's athleticism. Yep. And that's what happens every year, and that's why people climb draft. See, they're falling in love with your athleticism, or you're you have character concerns, something mm-hmm. like that, and you're going, you know, those one on one meetings clean up your character, you know, just even impressing them even oh, more. Yeah. So and it yeah, can go definitely. the other way around too. Yeah. Uh yeah. I forget the guy's name, but he ended up going from a he 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 was like a fourth round pick to the Jets. Um Ah, his name eludes me right now. But he screwed himself up at the combine because he had like an injury where people were looking at him like he's not really injured. And he was going to be like a late first, possibly second round prospect. And then he fell out of favor with just about everybody. Ah, what is his name? Excuse me. Why don't you go ahead with with one more? I'm going to try to find Um, this guy's name. So not really too much here, but I have T. Higgins. Um, He's a big guy. I just think that if he can, you know, maybe run a four or five, he can, you know, that like solidifies who he is as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Big body guy. If he can run a four or five, I, I think th- he could probably push four four. Honestly, Do just the, really? the way I, I think so, because it, it's with strides like that. If he can just build up yeah. the momentum quick enough, yeah. he'll be he can push that. Um, just because he's taking less strides than other dudes. Yeah. So if he can, this class, man, this wide receiver, class, it's ridiculous. Not only is it deep, everybody's fast. Like. <laughs> mhm. Like everybody's trapped. Even even Lamb, like I like I said, I, I don't think he's the fastest guy, but once he's in open space, Jakai Polite. That was oh yeah 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 yeah. Jakai yeah, 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 Polite, that yeah, was yeah. his name. Gotcha. Killed himself at the combine. Yeah. He was gonna be you know early, not early first, late first, early second, uh, and absolutely obliterated his stock because of how he conducted himself in interviews, how he yeah. conducted himself on the field. You know, he ran like 140, I think, and then he just called it, even though you know folks weren't. He didn't. They didn't think his injury was all that serious. Yeah. Um. And he's, you know, now playing like third string for the Jets right now. Which, yeah. You know, that 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 just tells you the type of duty is. People had very strong character concerns for him outside of the combine. Sorry to interrupt you, about nah, T. Higgins, but that nah, was the guy I was talking that, about. That guy I said all I had to say about Higgins. If he can just run that 40 time. Um, I think he's going to be fine. All right, cool. You want to move on? Let's move on to the guys that we're more interested. We don't think that necessarily they're going to kill it. We just want to see what they have to offer in terms of their, uh, in terms of what they can do. I'll start with J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift, primarily yeah. just because <laughs> I want to see what 40s they run. Yeah. Are they 4-5 guys? Are they 4-6 guys? Are they 4-4 guys? I don't really, I can't really tell from the tape. Uh, Deion, they do. They both seem pretty fast, but sometimes running backs can be a little they can fool you a little bit with their tape. Yeah. And again, there's a difference between track speed and cleat speed. Um, but I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what sort of 40 they run because that, I think, could push one, if not both of them, into the late first round if they go out there and run a 4-4 or even possibly a 4-3. You know, who knows what, what these dudes can run. Um, it'll definitely be interesting for sure. Yeah, so I actually, and I'm in the same line of thinking. Um, I have Jonathan Taylor. Mm, that was another one yeah, I had. Just interested to see his forty time. I think he's gonna run fast, man. Yeah, I think he might be a four four dude. He might be a four four dude. I just and it's like a lumbering four four. Yeah, but it's a four four still. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, but I think he's a four four dude. I had him just because I want to see what he does in the quickness drills. Yeah, like the three cone because he doesn't seem to me as that great t- change of direction type of dude. Um, so it'll be interesting to see from that standpoint. But you know, he might run a four four man. I, I I see it. He's a he has that sort of breakaway speed. He doesn't get caught or hogged yeah. down by a whole lot. Um, did you have Tua? <sighs> Yes and no. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because he's going to the combine, I believe, and he's going to meet with teams. But mm-hmm. he's tour, and I'm not trying to give him the benefit of diving or anything. Right. But like we know what we're getting into. No teams doubt. know what they're getting into. So him meeting with them is just due diligence at this point. But if he can somehow get cleared mm-hmm. just to throw and just see him post-injury, just like even throw a football. Right. Obviously, I'm, I'm interested to see that. So, I mean, but he just got cleared, what, earlier this week? Yeah. He, I mean, medically, the injury is healed. Yeah. I don't know if that means he's cleared for activity or cleared yeah, to do anything medically, else, but yeah. the injury is healed, which is a surprising yeah. turnaround, honestly, for a hip because yeah, it looked bad. It looked bad, yeah, yeah. Mid-season for them, so that's about right. Um, That's a very surprisingly quick turnaround, but it's great for him because now he can get back into football shape and teams can have some sort of semblance of confidence that he's going to be prepared to play, if not next year, the year after at the very latest. But it seems like, you know, because what it was was a broken hip, right? He didn't tear anything with a break, right? And I can tell you this from firsthand experience. I broke my femur in high school, which hurt like all hell, but it was much better than if I had torn something because then that takes time to actually build the functionality back with a broken bone all you have to do is the, the get the bone to heal and then just get back into your activity and make sure the range of motion is still there yeah uh so it's honestly better for him that he broke it rather than something else more drastic and i think he dislocated it too those things heal they hurt a lot but they heal relatively quickly um as opposed to a different injury where, where things get torn and you know things of that nature uh but it definitely is interesting that he he'll be out there and I think the interviews are where he's going to make his biggest mark because he just seems like a really down-to-earth, yeah. you know, God-fearing dude, which I'm sure teams are going to like. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of concerns about his dad. And it's weird to say that because his dad is is a very supportive dude, but he seems like the type of dude that's not going to be willing to let go, Yeah, if that makes sense, in that he wants to be in control of his son's career the entire time and he won't be able to say okay you've been drafted this team has you they're running the show now yeah. and i'm not talking on any lavar ball like he's just going to come in and be a menace type thing but i just don't i feel like if it came down to it and i'm an nfl team and i need Tua to do x y and z but Tua's dad wants him to do a b and c right He's going to go do A, B, and C just because that's his father. And, you know, it's it's hard to really explain, but that just concerns me a little bit just because I... If I want, I want a guy that's going to come into my organization and, you know, really engulf himself in what we're doing and what we need him to do, whereas I feel like Tua is always going to be the one to go to his father for those sort of things, which is, you know, fine from a... a, Life from our perspective, yeah. yeah. But from a team's perspective, I could see that being a little concerning. Yeah. Um, my next guy, um, Makai Becton. Mm-hmm. I'm just interested to see his um his shuttles and his three cone drills. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a real agile guy, and I think he's going to be the first offensive lineman taken. You said and that if, before. If that's that was- not solidified, um, if his shuttle time is probably going to maybe if it mm-hmm. leads like the the class at his position. I think that probably solidifies it. Really? Yeah. I still think it's um Worfs. I uh, I like Worfs, and then there was there was another guy. Uh, Willis, Alabama. Willis, yes, Willis. Alabama. I just what is he six seven? Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, I don't I don't see Dave Gettleman just mm. passing it up. I I don't. But that's a different conversation. But yeah, I I think he can really. And I don't know if you have him, but Josh Jones. 
I do have Josh Jones. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's a, that's another dude that I think can just, you know, if he shows elite athleticism that, yeah. you know, transcends what the other guys are doing, yeah. I think he might be the first guy off the board just because of what he showed at the senior bowl already and that he was basically unstoppable all week. Um, if he goes and continues to do that, then I, I think he'll uh, he'll definitely solidify his name amongst the top prospects. Speaking of the senior bowl, I had tied in Adam, Adam Trotman. Yeah. Yeah. And... He already had some steam going in or coming out of the senior bowl and that he showed a lot that people didn't know he had a small school prospect people tend to miss those yeah. but i think he can play him his way into the late first round if he shows again athleticism that's just better than his peers if he goes out there and runs you know top 340 time and you know he's topping the uh, the vertical jump and he's putting up a lot of bench press and he's catching all the balls that are thrown his way if he goes out and does that there's no reason to think why he wouldn't be the best tight end in this class? Yeah, and I, I like Bryson Hopkins personally. I think he's the best. But what about um Komet? Komet, Cole Komet, Notre Dame. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I he's kind of a. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan personally. I don't think he's uh he's athletic enough. I, I don't think he's athletic enough to. Uh, Really, you know, when I think of guys who I like, I'm always betting on upside, yeah. and I don't think he has the highest upside of all the tight ends. I think Trotman, Hopkins, Albert, some last name with an O that I'm just not even going to attempt to pronounce, but he's out of Missouri. Uh, I think those are the three that have the most athletic upside uh, in terms of making a difference. Uh, and Trotman, I think he can separate himself if he if he puts on a show at the combine. So, because you're kind of hard on my guy. <laughs> um is there anything that Justin Jefferson can do at the combine <laughs> to just... If he goes out and runs a low 4-4, this, you know, it could be there. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. I'd be shocked if he did, but... Uh, I think he'll impress some people, though. I just love his personality. I love his confidence. Yeah. I mean, he's great he, he was on my list. person. He's a great person. He's a, he's a hard worker. Great wide receiver limited athlete and that's the biggest thing that concerns me he's a hard worker great person great for a team setting just a limited athlete and when it comes down to it that's going to be the biggest separator it once you get to the nfl the first question people are going to ask is what kind of athlete are you and sometimes as much as hard work pays off and hard work makes a huge difference if you're limited as an athlete then and you, you just can't create that separation against those DBs, that's the biggest concern for Justin Jefferson. And I don't think he's going to be the type of dude to struggle, but I don't think he's the type of dude to star either. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Sorry to all y'all New Orleans people that are listening, <laughs> man. I just don't see it. I don't see it. But I do see a very good quarterback in Jordan Love. Yeah. And I see a guy who can, if he you know, continues the trend that he had going at the Senior Bowl, yeah, and he continues to say, "Hey, you put me around these great receivers, and you put me in a setting where all things are created equal. I can hang with the best of them." He'll definitely. I think he's already a first round prospect. Yeah, I think that's. Solidified. I don't I think that's solidified. I don't think he'll ever push her for Herbert spot until, unless a team really falls in love with them. I don't know. I don't know. You think so? I do. It, it depends. I think there's a chance. I just think it depends on the team. Exactly. I, I can see the Chargers falling in love with either one of those quarterbacks. And to the Chargers and the Phil, and Phillip Rivers have decided, you know, pretty much officially yeah. now that they are parting ways. ways. But an interesting thing in that is that they said that they were willing or they were at least going to take a look at using Tyrod Taylor as their starter. And Tyrod Taylor's like the 
almost please don't just draft a young quarterback. He's and I think that's what they do because he's like the 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 classic journeyman. Use me for a little bit, draft a guy, let him sit behind me for a while, and then eventually he comes and takes my spot. Same thing that they did with Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah. They had Tyrod play for a little bit. Tyrod ended up getting hurt. They put Baker Mayfield in. Rest is history. I think the same thing will happen. So whoever it is in that sixth spot, whether it's Herbert or Jordan Love, that guy's going to sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a little bit for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Um. But another thing with Jordan Love, I think he might run a faster 40 than some people expect. He's a, I think he's a sneaky, decent athlete. I think I could see him pushing low 4.6s, possibly coming into the 4.5 range. Just he, he doesn't display the athleticism a whole lot. He, he would prefer not run the ball. But, you know, looking at the way he moves, yeah, he's, he seems to be like a pretty capable athlete, more so than some of the other dudes in the draft, I think. Yeah. Um, my next guy is DPJ Donovan People Jones. Okay. Um, I'm just interested to see his 40 time. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Just interested to see that. Um, yeah, he. I don't. I don't think he's slow, but I also just don't think he's fast. <laughs> yeah, I just I can see it. Like I, I watched his tape recently, and I'm just like, he's just a good receiver. A lot of those Michigan people, yeah. Shea Patterson. I don't think he's bad. He's not good. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I don't think he's bad. He's not that good and relative to the, the upside other is there, though. I yeah. could see it. And he had he was pretty uh, highly touted coming out of high school, if yeah. I remember correctly. It's just sometimes those things don't pan out. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be some receivers in audience mentally prepare yourself for this. There are going to be some receivers that shoot themselves in the foot because they're not that good at athletes and they yep. get exposed. And there are going to be other receivers that come up draft boards because they're very good athletes, better than we expected, and they're going to shoot their way up draft boards. So those things are going to fluctuate. We're still not sure who's going to land exactly where. Nope. But, but the number yeah. one thing is the tape does not lie. At if all. they are a good receiver and they can create separation and they have good hands and they have high IQ, those things aren't going to lie to you. And the combine is not by any stretch of the imagination the end all be all. And I, I think that's what a lot of people get caught up on is oh, what are his combine numbers? What was his 40? This, that, and the other. There are a lot of great football players that are just not great athletes. Yep. Hunter Renfro killed it for the Raiders this year. He's not a number one receiver, yeah. but you look at Hunter Renfro, he just seems like a regular dude, but he's a darn good football player. Because yeah. some people just understand the functions of the game and understand how to get open, they understand how to cover, they understand how to shoot gaps. Whatever position they play and whatever they need, they just understand how to do it. Yeah. And those are the things that matter more important. The combine to me is just a supplementary uh, addition to examining the entire football player. I don't think it's the, by any stretch of the imagination the end-all be-all. And I, that's where I think a lot of people get caught up and that's why some people miss is because they look at the combine numbers and they're just, oh my, oh my God, this guy's you know a freak athlete. We got to go get him. Nah, man. Yeah. Tape comes first and foremost always. Yeah, there's always, you know, a couple guys that go perform in the combine. You mm -hmm. know, teams put their stock into all of that and just doesn't work out. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so do you have anyone else that you wanted to mention? I think um, 
I think I hit everybody. All right, cool. I think yeah. that'll do it for this episode of On the Clock. This has been Reagan Griffin joined by Cameron Lewis. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, make sure you go check out our other podcasts, Hoop and Holler, covering all things NBA basketball, triple coverage, covering all things NFL football. Yep. Make sure you go follow our Instagram and Twitter at SQR1Media. That is S- at SQR1Media. Also, go check out our stuff on Medium. We have written pieces on there. Um, putting in work, uh, man. Putting in work on all platforms. Uh, also, you reminded me. Go check out the YouTube. There are yeah. there's YouTube content for you uh, of the other podcasts. Yeah. We actually did a fantasy all NBA draft, which I'm pretty that sure was, that was fun. That was fun. And when I posted it on my I story, to post it. Man, it's alright because on my story, I'm pretty sure it was either you or Julio had won. I'm pretty sure it was Julio, but you had got second place. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that, it. I that made was, some mistakes, but. Yeah. I got last. Not gonna lie. <laughs> really? Yes, I got I got dead last. But you didn't have the worst team though. Apparently. Some people couldn't click on mine, so it's a skewed result. Anyways, that's for basketball. We have a lot of fun over here at uh, Square One. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of On the Clock. We will see you next week with the defense yeah. side of the ball for the NFL Combine. See you next time.